guys know what we're doing? And again, feel free to chime in. So chime in, interrupt us. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Best euphemism ever. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in uh, once again, everybody. Uh, I am your host, Murray Valeriano. This is, of course, Road Stories Podcast. Thanks for, uh, thanks for finding us on the internet. I... Giving a special shout out today to, um, I think her name's Mei Ling, I think is how you pronounce it. She just put a nice review up on the old uh, iTunes for us. So gave us five stars. So this is no three-star podcast you guys are on today. So this is five stars. This is, <laughs> this is it. Uh, so thank you to her. And if anybody else feels like throwing a, uh, a review up on the old iTunes, uh, you might win a shirt. Who knows? You might win a shirt. You guys are leaving with a shirt today. Also a Red Stories t-shirt. So... Uh, you feel free to wear those around. Sure. Did you get one last time you were on? No, I haven't gotten a shirt. All right. I think they're new since the last time you were on here. <laughs> Excited. <laughs> if I knew that, I would have uh, come without a shirt. Well, yeah, well, I'll give you a big one. You can wear it yeah, over the top. Because then it would be more exciting to leave with a shirt if I came without a shirt. <laughs> what if you left without a shirt? <laughs> right. That, that would be very bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, speaking of shirts, they're uh, up for sale at uh, murrayvalerian.com. Go, go to the shop right there, and uh, all uh, prices include shipping and handling. And they go to the podcast. I'm not uh, making any money off it. Either. There's uh, oh, there's uh, candy and crack uh, chips over there for you guys. I forgot to point that out to you. So it goes to feed these guys because they uh, give up their, their, their time for this because I know they're very busy everybody except Bethany Teresi who came here on a half hour's notice <laughs> I got nothing it's uh, or sleep <laughs> joining us again on the show uh, Bethany Teresi thank you very much for, for coming in and joining us again you can who are you you were on with Orny Adams were yeah you? Orny Adams and Darren Carter oh okay that was a that was, that was show it was a first it was our first uh show with the new uh, recording uh, equipment and the sound sucked. Mm-hmm. So I think I pulled it. Actually. Oh, really? So, yeah. so feel free to repeat any of your stories. Oh, excellent. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming back. And sitting directly across from me, a uh, very funny comedian writer I just worked with over the last week uh, or last couple of weeks. Uh, I've seen him uh, just recently off his Letterman, uh, his Letterman spot, I believe, right? Uh, well, a few months ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Please welcome to the show, Hugh Fink. Great to be here, Murray. And I'm wondering, is there a way I can, I can interrupt... Orny Adams on this <laughs> not here. Uh, good luck interrupting Orny Adams on anything. <laughs> what, is, what is a podcast, by the way? A pod- this is a podcast. This is a podcast. What is, a is this podcast? your first podcast? No, but I wanted it. I was too shy to ask on the other one. <laughs> well, I, first of all, thank you for feeling comfortable thank and asking me. Oh, for, thank you. Yeah. What, how would you define a podcast? Uh, it's a... We'll, we'll ask the young. We'll ask the young person here who probably grew up with a computer. Are you there. implying I'm not the young person here? I'm implying. I'm, impl- I'm implying no. We're not the young person. Although, if you guys want to duke it out on who's older, uh, I'll sit Just back and watch. Just between us, guys, I might not be younger than. I forgot your name. I'm sorry. I'm only. Good with, I'm only good with my name. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, Bethany. You're implying I look older than Bethany. Uh, I'm going to say you look uh, older, but cuter. Right here. No, but I do look older. What about me looks older than Bethany? Um, Besides my face and body. Hair? Hair. Does my hair look older <laughs> you than Bethany's? <laughs> I thought I've got told my hair looks good. Oh, your hair looks great. But yeah. older than Bethany's. Well, yeah, well, look, she's got very young hair. <laughs> now, can I just ask, what about my hair looks older than Bethany's? I, I don't what, You know what it is? Why? What does my hair, I mean, there is a little gray in my hair, but it's just yeah. something about the texture of I the I think hair maybe itself? curls look better. Curls look better. I'm sorry, older. Old. Curls, curls look, look older, older, maybe. But I also well, have curls. Why? Are you saying my curls are becoming spastic? Or it's like my hair is getting spastic and deforming. I, I've and never... Curl, like a rigor mortis kind of curling up of death. I've never gotten into a fist fight on a podcast before. Right. This could be, <laughs> <laughs> so, be a first. <laughs> Well, so I'm actually helping redefine yeah, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is. So now the definition of a podcast is you sit around a microphone until somebody punches you in the nose. <laughs> uh, wow. Speaking of uh, the gentleman I'm sparring with is the very funny Al Bell. Right. Oh, thank you. I yeah. feel speechless right now. Really? Because you just burned it all on your hair? I'm afraid <laughs> Talking getting, about your hair? I'm afraid of getting hit. Oh, no. I thought you were going to hit me. But my hair looks old. Don't worry. Hey, Hugh, Hugh will ever. jump in and stop the fight. Oh, okay. I just wanted you to get a small dose of what dealing with Alu Bell's like. I could sit back and enjoy this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but really, so but my hair looks okay, but just older. Yeah, yeah well, older than Bethany's, not what older in you? general. Your hair moans a little bit. If you get really close, you can hear a little. <laughs> 
Hamlet. I think that's what it is. <laughs> Speaking of getting close, get close oh, to the And also, my skin is probably looks older than Bethany's. No, I think your skin looks great. But older than Bethany's. Well, that's only because Bethany has a lot of makeup on. And also, that's true. And also because Bethany's way younger than me. Oh, yeah. I spilled oh, the beans. Oh, oh now but, what are we going to talk about? Nothing. But, Thanks nothing. for listening, everybody. But I do look closer <laughs> to death than Bethany. No, that's you. Oh. Right. oh. <laughs> Thanks for playing. <laughs> Who's older? Hugh, <laughs> where are you from? Indiana. Oh, what part of Indiana? Indianapolis. Oh, is that the capital? It is. Mm-hmm. It's also a weird combination of, it seems like a major city because it has sports teams. Can you come a little closer oh, to the sure. mic, Hugh? Sorry. But um, it also has a very sort of provincial, small town attitudes about it. Did you uh, get started doing stand-up there? Yes, in high school, but I quit, escaped and went to New York City for college. Wait, you started in high school? You know, hosting... The talent shows at the high like school, yeah. or oh, okay, yeah. How'd that go? It went well, really. Yeah, it was sort of the beginning of the comedy boom. Oh, okay. People were super into Steve Martin mm-hmm. and you know comics on Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. So having somebody like me who was a kid doing mildly subversive, irreverent material mm-hmm. about the city and teachers seems very daring. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So I think people were responsive. Oh, that's cool. It certainly gave me the confidence to want to do it for real. Yeah. Later in life. So did were there any clubs in Indianapolis at the time? No, not until I think when I went to college. This club started called Crackers. Sure, it's still, still there. And yeah, that yeah. was a very hot club during the comedy boom. I mean, they paid top dollar for if you were a comedian who had been on Carson or Showtime or HBO, you could come into Indianapolis mm-hmm. for like three or four nights and make thousands of dollars. Crackers? Crackers. Was it just for rednecks? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's rat crack. Well, because it's Indianapolis too. Right. It's filled with them. Is that is that the idea for rednecks, or because cracking up laughing? You know, Al. How do the people come up with these club names? <laughs> right. right, Uncle Chuckers, fucker, fucker right. butts. Like, but what do you think of crack? I mean, do they think of cracking up, or was it we want rednecks? I never gave it thought. I don't think it's the redneck thing. Probably not. It's I don't think weird. so. Maybe but it's I, cheese related. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's true. And plus, that area isn't near Wisconsin, which is the home of cheese. Yeah, right. The cheese state. Right. Is that area a... meaning Indiana? Isn't Indiana? No. Right. No. <laughs> no, isn't New York side of kind of Bulgaria slash Hungary? No, Al. Indiana does not even border Wisconsin. In the area of the feet. northern hemisphere. <laughs> yeah. Right, but it's in the sense of that it's you know somewhere not in New York. Yeah, yeah. it's and, definitely Midwestern. Right, in that sense, it's part of Wisconsin. Right. <laughs> see how quickly I yes and incorrect ge- uh, ge- ge- geography. Geography. Geo. Fuck. Right. <laughs> Just yes and geology. <laughs> geology as well. <laughs> so so did you so you quickly split to New York to do stand up. I went to college at New York University. Okay, never heard of it. But I was admitted as an acting student and realized really quickly that I didn't want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a comedian. Why is that? Because you were bad? At acting? Yeah. I'd like to think I was because the acting program had no sense of humor. Ah. In okay. fact, my first... Because NYU, you know, pretty famous acting school. Sure. I couldn't believe I even got in. Is that the Tisch school? That's, it was not called Tisch when I was admitted, but mm-hmm. by the time I left, it was called Tisch. So the first week, the acting teacher went around the room asking people, if you couldn't act... What would you do for a living? And every one of these pretentious people went, I'd be a director. I'd be a screenwriter, as if that's more right, realistic. Right. And so they got to me, and I go, I'd be a caterer. <laughs> <laughs> See, you guys are funny, smart, but you all laughed. There was dead silence. And the teacher said, Hugh, are you serious? And I said, no. I'm kidding. And she goes, it's wonderful to have a sense of humor, but we have to learn to be responsible about it. Oh, oh, Lord. I realized I got to get the hell out of this acting program. Uh, I will that's die. Oh, that's oh. funny. They Boy, I hope that... That's yeah. funny. I actually went there as well. Did you? And, uh, yes, I did. And uh, it was serious. But not that serious. I had some funny teachers. But there's, it was, yeah, something. We, we used to do crazy stuff like you get like, you have to get into a ball and pretend you're a baby and be reborn. All this stuff is just stupid. But. You should have spent more time in geology class. <laughs> I totally should have because I can yes and that. <laughs> That's so weird. Did you guys ever see that old uh, uh, heavy metal documentary called uh, Decline of the Western Civilization Part 2? Yeah. It was about the 1980s um, uh, metal scene here in Hollywood on the Sunset Strip. And it was Penelope Spears. And she did an original one for punk. And then she did the heavy metal years. And they, everybody they interviewed were like, what would you do if your band doesn't make it? Hmm. And every one of them said, 
my band's going to make it. <laughs> 25 of them. Never heard from them again. <laughs> ne- nobody ever made it past that. <laughs> well, I hope that story doesn't give uh, acting schools a pretentious... A pre- no, <laughs> I think it just shows how there's a real disconnect between serious acting mm-hmm. people and stand-up. Does not necess- People want to lop them all in together. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. In a sense, there's, it's apples and oranges. Well, they should oh, have yeah. had, a, had a, a comedy acting school. Correct. Well, that's mm-hmm. a, maybe that's what comedy traffic school... Right. For, <laughs> right for people who comedy acting yeah so you didn't finish you split I no, oh you finished and i'm proud to say that i ended up taking more classes that had nothing to do with show business even though i was in the school of the arts oh great i just decided you know what you only go to college once mm-hmm. and i want to really want to get a good education so i sort of used college to study history and english lit oh nice but then on the side did a radio show which on a nyu was a famous radio station mm-hmm. so i was there martha quinn had a show right before me on the air. Oh, I still love Martha and Quinn. I, she's great. And I had on guests. I did a comedy show. I had on Michael Palin. Oh, great. And Joe Piscopo mm. and Fran Lebowitz. Mm-hmm. So I had on great. Hysterical yeah. Fran Lebowitz. Mm-hmm. Hysterical. She's, she's brilliant. Are you I being serious? No, no, I think she's, she's really kind of funny. Remarkably yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And so then you started hitting the clubs. This is like what, 80? 80... That was a 82. 82. It was a comedy contest sponsored by Columbia Pictures for comedians in college. Mm-hmm. And. I co-won the contest with a college student named Robert Smigel. Oh, all right. Who then went Saturday on. Saturday Live. He went to Saturday Live before I was there. Mm-hmm. But by the time I got on SNL, Robert and I knew each other. Oh, cool. This was kind of cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Like That was an era when the comic strip, where I know mm-hmm. Alice worked, and it was run by Eddie Murphy's managers, mm-hmm. Richie Tenkin and Bob Wax. Mm-hmm. And I, the prize of the contest was performing at the comic strip for pay mm-hmm. on a Thursday night, which is a great spot. And so my dad flew in. Oh, but awesome. I had to follow Paul Reiser right after Diner had come out. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it was my first experience being in the position of, wow, the audience loves this guy. He's already well-known. Right. The cool thing was I didn't bomb. It oh, went, that's good. It went okay. Like, I'm sure, you know, they were being empathetic. Sure. I was 19, 20 years old. But Bob Wax and Reggie Tinkin, the owners, they took me aside. They go, Look, you're funny. You're a funny kid, but you're a kid. And stand-up's a profession. Like, you really got to work on your act. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were pretty mm-hmm. cool about it. Oh, that's cool. Honest. But that awesome. gave me the confidence to Oh, that's great. Do it. Paul Reiser's actually back on the scene. Doing stand-up? Doing stand-up, oh, yeah. Right. yeah. He's actually going to be at the Ice House, I think, next weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's doing really good. And did you get started in New York, Al? I still haven't started. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> right, after, right after the podcast? <laughs> right. We'll I'm not sure. I'm still checking what comedy means. Okay. Um, and what is it? We didn't define what a podcast is. Yeah, it's when you come sit around the table and so somebody punches you in the face. Bethany? That's absolutely right. different. Okay, Bethany does them all. Okay. Uh, what was the question? What, what, uh, where did, where did you start? Yeah, yeah. Where did I start? Or how uh, did you start? Well, I went to the University of Miami in Florida. And, uh, is that near started- Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah it's it's not as close as illinois are you in, indiana indiana yeah. and yeah, the same thing so you don't right? listen to people's names or, <laughs> you basically out don't listen to anybody right that's what we're learning right, right. the uh yeah i started down there in uh acting class i liked the movie lenny i saw the movie lenny mm-hmm. uh dustin huffman playing lenny bruce and I was really, that made me want to become a comedian because I, I was hoping to die of a drug overdose. <laughs> <laughs> and when I saw that scene where he died, I said, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, died tragically and early. Uh, he didn't so, die in Miami though, right? Where did he die? No, in New York? In, in Hollywood actually. Oh, really? Uh, on Franklin, I, on an apartment on Franklin Street. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I was told. Okay. But uh, yeah, I started doing some of his monologues uh, from albums I listened to then in acting class, and mm-hmm. I did well with them. And then I started going to open mics up in Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah, and then uh, moved to LA and started doing. I, I went to law school. I graduated law school. I was a, I was a lawyer for two years in Newport Beach while I was trying to do comedy mm-hmm. at night. And uh, the weirdest story about that, well, one of the weird ones was. It was, I actually had a trial during the day and I had to do stand up at night. And it was a weird feeling like uh, I had the opposite of reaction of what I wanted at each location. 
you know, <laughs> you know, because like in law during the day, the jury's like snickering at me at the mistakes I'm making. Right. <laughs> like, and at night, the the the, the comedy audience is staring at me very seriously. <laughs> I feel like this is a making of an episodic. Like, is, is this a pitch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right, yeah. So that was my experience starting. And we know where you came from, right? We did we discuss that last uh, time. By the, I, I don't remember. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. Wait, you're from here, aren't you? No, I'm from Minnesota. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The accent. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but you didn't get thing. started till out here. I didn't get started till out here, yeah. yeah. Well, no. really, on the road, I was doing musical theater. Oh. And I got started during a tour yeah. because I got bored. The thing about the, the musical theater is... It pays you lots of money, which I really sorely miss, um, but <laughs> uh, it's very boring. They mm-hmm. don't tell you that you have to keep doing the show. It's fun, like, the first couple weeks, yeah, but sure. then they expect you to show up every week, <laughs> like, eight times, and that's that's the difficult part. It became boring, mm. so... I, I always wonder about it. just a- acting in general is boring in a play. I would think night after night, not just musical theater, right? Any kind of acting in a play, night, day after day, night after night. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I shied away from it. Because, and in order to make money, you really have to commit to a year or two years. That's a long time. More, you know. Right. I was on this show for two. I was touring with Mamma Mia. I was on it for two years, wow. and. Uh, <sighs> That's it's right. like crazy down. You know, you get really bored. It gets it gets to the point where you're backstage and you're like, you're not thinking, oh, I'm excited. You're thinking it's like uh, you're going to the office or something. Right. You're like, what are we doing after? What are right. you? And, yeah. and you're on stage and you're looking around and you're trying to find something interesting. You know, it's yeah. And so, so. you can't force yourself to. Ch- do you try to force yourself? Try to have a little fun? Do you and the actors try to? Do you change the delivery of a line a little to make it a little different one night? Oh, um, absolutely! Like and or poke each other or you pass things around or talk up. St- I mean, crazy stuff goes on. You know, the bigger right. the show, the more you can get away with that. So, but but yeah. I, if I could chime in one more time, am I chiming? Please too do. Much? No, no, chime, okay. chime all you want. <laughs> I don't want to overchime. No, chime. Chime. <laughs> no, you're chiming. <laughs> chime. I was just want to say quickly that the whole notion of chiming in for Al is impossible because that implies he's interrupting, right. but he's constantly talking. If anything, we're That's trying true. maybe to interrupt you, That's true. but clearly this but used I, to be Murray's podcast. But, <laughs> Bell's podcast. but I feel sometimes I'm interrupting myself. And you no. like that? I'm interrupting my own train of thought. I am self, I'm masochistic. I'm okay. self-abusive. All right. do, do you ever ask if you could chime in on yourself? No, because I treat myself with a lack of respect. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> thank you for respecting us. You just chat. You just do it. But sometimes I get mad and punch myself in the face, and it becomes a solo podcast. But my question to you is, so if you got like the lead role in a Broadway play, mm-hmm. right, the lead role in a Broadway play, and it's a one-year commitment, you'd be like, oh, fuck. Probably. I mean, I don't know. A lead, yeah, yeah. It'd be like torture. Torture for Not a year. Not torture, a year, uh, six months. I think nobody should do a show more than six months. Mm, really? I think that's I a good commitment level. You still feel happy about it, you know, it's good. But At, at what point do you feel? Oh, just <laughs> I, I, like <laughs> I feel like I'm on Barbara Walters. <laughs> but, <laughs> if I could just say, at what point, I mean, at the beginning of the run, you're growing, right? You're getting into it. Yeah. At what point, what week mark would you say you stop growing? I think like the six. I think the six months. You're week. growing up till six months. Yeah, kind so of. So it's sort of like an aborted fetus. It's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It's a late. Well, that would right. be a late abortion. Late, late abortion. <laughs> yes. Right, but you're really six months. Very. You're, late you're growing in six step. months. Yeah. You're always growing and learning more and discovering more. And yeah. then six months, that's a wall, and then you deteriorate and you fall yeah. apart. Yeah. And you're <laughs> you shit. do. Yeah, <laughs> and then you shit. shit, and you're nothing. Right. You might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, and it plus, was very depressing. And being in a musical where you're selling phony happiness. Happiness. Phony. Phony hat for two fucking years. I know, and you're standing there, and you're what? First of all, don't make me cry right now. (laughs) You're standing there, waving your arms, smiling, dying inside, dying. I love it because you people, those musical people, I hate them. Yeah. I just love to know they were dying. No, just know they're up there and they're smiling at you, but inside they want to impale themselves. But, on they, a... but maybe it could make them feel better to know that me watching them was dying too. Yeah. Because I didn't like it. I hate phony happiness. <laughs> so we're all dying. It's a, it's a house of death. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. <laughs> and your hair's leading the way. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to chime in here, but uh, can I... Uh, 
Don't you find that after doing the same act, you get sick of it after a while? Hugh? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you guys just decide to stop talking? That was weird. Not I didn't, to Alu Bell. I, I would compare it maybe to how a rock band that has some recognizable hits uh-huh. mixed in with them trying to be artistic and mm-hmm. do new songs is as long as I feel I'm creating new stuff to do, then if I'm balancing that with the old stuff... It's okay. Right. There's something, obviously, we love getting laughs. And yeah. I assume that some of my material, an audience is hearing for the first time if it's old stuff. Mm-hmm. But what is makes me feel deathly inside is if I'm only doing material that I've done a long time and out of, you know, for various reasons, have nothing new to say, then it does start to get irritating and not fun. Do you feel like you, because I get to that point where I feel like I'm just floating out of my head and it's all just on autopilot. And I think the audience can sense that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know. I think so. Uh, Bethany, where are you tomorrow night? I'm in, I don't know, Northern California. California. Petaluma? Petaluma. Petaluma yes. at a bar? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a bar. Is it? Oh, that's tell, exciting you tell us glamorous. About, <laughs> tell us about playing Carnegie Hall. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> um, truly a lifetime highlight because, as your listeners may or may not know, I'm a comedian, but I'm also a well-trained and frustrated violinist. Oh. So I play pretty well for a non-professional. And I started when I was six, and I studied all through college. and loved How do you play for, for a professional? How do you play? You mean compared to? Yeah. Not well. Right. I wanted to just make that of, clear. Yeah, thank you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I put myself in a position where, you know, comedian with some credits mm-hmm. and who happens to play violin well and use violin in my stand-up sometimes. Mm-hmm. So John Stewart was headlining the Toyota Comedy Festival in New York. And who is John Stewart? <laughs> He's uh, not me, right? He, <laughs> not me? Not you. He's I not want you. Another, another not me. Okay, continue. <laughs> okay, thank you. And so I got the opportunity to open for John Stewart at Carnegie Hall with Alan King as the MC. So I was to do like 20 minutes or 25 minutes, which is a nice chunk of time for a packed Carnegie Hall crowd. And um, I get to play my violin for real in Carnegie Hall as part of my stand-up. Oh, that's Which cool. is incredible. That is and incredible. Course, the sound was amazing, the acoustics. Yeah. And I think the crowd was particularly jazzed to see a comedian who used violin in a good way at Carnegie Hall. Did you feel all the symphonies that had been there in your tr- bones? You know, back in the dressing rooms, they have all these framed programs of Yasha Heifetz and these people who I've known about and looked up for years. So in that sense, yes. But then it's weird to have Jon Stewart come out, and he was already a star, mm-hmm. and do basically 10-minute bit on, on cats fucking. This is the stage that you know Yitzhak Perlman played Beethoven on, but look what it is now. It's like a bad night at the ice house. I know. know, Lisa Lampanelli headlined it. That was the ultimate irony. Uh, I mean, not that she's very funny, but I mean, I feel like that takes away the glory of what I did. The fact that she played there, right? And do I? I don't mean only Lisa, but there does something to be cheapening. She played the viola, though. So it wasn't, it wasn't a full violin. That's a little. That's a little violin, right? A viola. It's not. The, no, it is not Murray. That's a different instrument. Well, it's I, a string instrument. It's but it looks like a violin, it's right? Bigger though. Oh, it's, it's bigger? bigger. Yeah. It's What's a, the little violin I'm thinking of? There's no such instrument. Maybe a toy. Yeah, it's a toy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for my kid. <laughs> Can I just say this? The fearful part of me, Lisa. Whenever I've met Lisa Lapinelli, she's been very nice to me. So I don't mean to knock Lisa. Oh, see, Al, that is such chicken <laughs> shit. Come on, you put it out there. Uh, I did. Let me. T- here's something. Can you this, keep asking what a edited? podcast is. Yeah. Here's what a podcast is, Al. <laughs> Real men and women who have balls and honesty right. coming on there and discussing. So, because me. I've had testicular cancer, you attack me. Oh, well, mm. I wasn't bringing that up. Because I don't have balls. Oh, ow. but you know what I'm saying is right. this is a form of honesty. You gotta I'm not me also yeah. mean to knock anybody that has had testicular cancer. Oh, you are just so <laughs> unbelievable. So I rotate between extreme confidence and extreme terror. Al's hero, Al's hero is, is Jay Leno, because Al admires the way Leno will do a joke about gay people or gay marriage, and then go, no, but if you're gay, don't write us letters. We love gay people. <laughs> I, I just want to say by my silence, I was not endorsing what you just said. I am. <laughs> by the way, nor were you not endorsing it. Uh, 
Right. Oh, that's <laughs> arguable. So, okay, I am saying, then, I am, then I'm coming right. out saying I'm not endorsing what you just said. You are the Switzerland of comedy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what you are. But, uh, Switzerland, Al, is that near Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> They've got a lot <laughs> of cheese. <laughs> Al, I'm glad to see that your neutrality has gotten your career this far. It's worked well for you. I'm working with you. The, no, that's for, I meant it as a compliment. The shittier than a classical violinist. <laughs> Speaking of Leno, you were one of the last comics to do the Tonight Show before Carson left, right? Right. Yeah, I was one. Yes, I was one of the last. Yeah. Was that like once you found out he was uh, leaving? Was it like I want to do I this, wanna, or I, I thought I want to be there when he leaves? Uh huh. I, I want to say just like I want to die like Lenny Bruce. Right. I want to see the end of Carson. So I want to be there for the end. It was between you and Bette Midler. Right. <laughs> yeah, she was there for the very end, actually. But uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, I got on towards the end. I was procrastinating, you know, I, I procrastinated trying to get on. And then when I heard he was leaving, I figured this is my last chance mm-hmm. other than standing on his grave. Right. Being on Carson. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I like to withdraw that statement. No, you can't. You can't. There is no nice editing. Job. But uh, We're keeping testicular yeah, so I, cancer. I got on towards the end. But it was a weird, bittersweet feeling because you're on towards the end. You know you're not going to be on again because mm-hmm. it was right towards mm-hmm. the end. And so, but at least I got on, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, what it goes to do a set for late night. Um, what it what, what? What you have to do to do the set for late night. I mean, it's not like you just, you know, well, it's not, I don't know, maybe it's different na- uh, then than it was now, but it's, you know, now you have to submit your set top to bottom and, and get approved and no, you can't say this joke cause, and all that. Is that the same way it was in well, the, what was that, early McCauley 90s or late 80s? Early 90s? Early 90s. Yeah. 91. Okay. Jim McCauley came out to the club and watched you he approved it mm-hmm. and then once he approved it that's it you didn't have to oh really yeah once he approved it oh but did he did he see like did he see the set and be like yeah we like i like this this and this yeah. i don't like uh, that no, we actually approved the whole thing oh wow yeah i was surprised and uh yeah it was weird i didn't expect it and the microphone at the improv that night was not working they didn't uh the wire was loose or mm-hmm. so it was cutting in and out Maybe that's why I approved it. Maybe you didn't hear the whole thing. <laughs> Is that the trick to getting on late night television? Yeah. Noted. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he approved it. And I was wor- I kept hearing something some was cut out that was freaking me out. But it was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Like I, I finished it. He was sitting at those, you know, the tables at the improv. Yeah. sitting there. I believe I walked over and he goes, yeah, fine, let's do it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I couldn't believe that it was because it was always that he had seen me like six, seven years earlier and said no, Mm -hmm. but uh, I couldn't believe how easy it was. Oh, that's great. Now, uh, having done Letterman this past year, or I guess it was this past year, right? 2011? It was just like four months ago. Oh, it was 2012. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I keep forgetting. I'm sorry. It was December of 2011. Well, to be technical about it. So. Well, then, then yes, 2011. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did was that similar or was that more like I was? It was. Talking about? I think that because I've been on before, mm-hmm. they were less rigid in this way. Okay. They never saw a tape of me do this past set. Really? They only saw it on paper, which is kind of amazing. Really? There was a trust there. Wow. Where they know that I deliver performance so they only wanted to see the material however there were a lot of censorship standards and practices issues mm-hmm. a lot on your set yes because pretty, you know you're pretty squeaky is, it's i would call my act it's irreverent and subversive mm-hmm. in a clean way you know it's not about language sure but it's about some of the jokes i had conceptually they were concerned with and ended up not letting me do just based on you know the, the, the sandusky controversy oh yeah was going on at penn state there was a joke I had about kids that had nothing to do with that case, but the show was so sensitive about eh, anything that involves kids that's too dark, we don't want to do right now. There was another joke where I actually had the word an Aryan, like a reference to Aryans, and they were worried that that was too in, um, subversive. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. So huh. you submitted it in writing, but they rejected a few of the things. Mm-hmm. But then finally, but you never had to show a performance. Of Correct. It. Huh. What right. about the first time? How many times have you done it? Four. Four? Four? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought I only did it twice. I would just like to say I've done it five times. But well, continue. And by the way, I will say, no kidding, Al always kills on Letterman. Always enjoys his sets. I'm going to be in Petaluma, California tomorrow night at a bar. <laughs> um, no, the first, the first time, time was more, uh, they was it, saw me. Was it Eddie Brill? It still? was Eddie Brill. Okay. Eddie saw me do a longer set than necessary, and he goes, there's tons of good stuff here. Oh, great. We just have to figure out what the set is. Mm-hmm. So we worked on it. You know, on and off for a few months. Yeah. Um, and then the second time, same thing. But it sort of got easier each time. Uh-huh. But there's always standards and practices. Sure. I don't think any of these shows is going to let 
most comedians come on without approving the 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 jokes themselves. Yeah. Did you do the jokes but just like change the words? Like instead of children, you said little people. I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> if there was any way to preserve the joke, I would have. But no, based on the jokes they didn't want me to do, I had to scrap them. Oh, it's a bummer. Yeah. Although I will say there was one joke that I changed from was it not from prostate cancer mm-hmm. to heart disease, hmm. and I was bummed because. I convinced myself that I had to say prostate cancer to have the joke work. In fact, it turned out fine. Yeah. It didn't hurt the laugh hmm. to replace. Well, cancer is a funny word because of the C. Right. Because and of it the wasn't, sound. Right. And prostate cancer is less referred to in stand-up, mm-hmm. I guess. So well, I, I think just, network shows are more in favor of heart disease. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So once you, got, once, you got, once you got approved, either of you, uh, did you just hammer that set? Did you just book around town, maybe head out on the road and just hammer it I over and over? I probably did that set 25, 30 times two weeks before I went up. Yeah. Were you completely over it by the time? It felt great. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better to go on those shows where you know it so well. Mm-hmm. At that point, nothing throws you, but you're not bored with it. Well, right. That's not true mm-hmm. for me, though, because I've rehearsed it and rehearsed it, but I keep being afraid that while I'm out there, I'm just in the middle, just gonna, not even in the middle, in the beginning of the end, start crying and saying, I can't take the pressure and, and just like, just run away. And I'll think that while I'm out there. Really? Think, wouldn't that be unbelievable right now if you just stop talking and start screaming? That's going to be bad. Uh, yeah, but they man. didn't approve of it. <laughs> didn't submit. Yeah, if you, you, you have to change screaming to whimpering. <laughs> right, right. Tone it down. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit, uh, see if anything's changed in the one-nighter scene since you guys were on the one-nighter scene. It's schleppy as ever. Yeah. People are hitting on me more, both men and women, though, after shows. This is a new development. Oh. Why yeah, I'm getting women as well as men. <laughs> why do you think I'm that ser- is? I have no idea. you're getting idea. funnier? Maybe yeah. I don't know. Do you I think you're giving off more of a lesbian vibe. Uh, that could be. I, I that like, has to be, don't you think? If I'm you're doing my women <laughs> exactly. more hitting. It's got to be a lesbian vibe, right? I do my act talking like this, <laughs> so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But no, eyes yeah. is weird. I don't know. Wear, do you wear Very a tool flattering. belt? Hmm? Do you wear a tool belt? I also wear a tool belt. <laughs> right, right, okay. Yeah, and refer to the real L word. Do you, um, do you feel a little more lesbianic in in you? Like, are you getting like maybe I, I would, like, maybe I would. You know, if my current relationship fa- fails, I think I'm going to just switch over. Fuck it. You right, know, yeah. because I'm not, I can't take it anymore. But see, no, um, you're joking, though. I am joking. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking <laughs> No, I'm not. I feel, I feel just the same way. That's the funny thing. What uh, then, then the question is what okay. is happening? It's probably not me, it's probably the world. You know, but society is changing. Oh, that's so they're a little more open to alternative lifestyles than you are. Yeah, exactly. Right, These right. people are popping out of the woodwork. You realize you're such a homophobe. Ah, oh. <laughs> you might be just giving off more love, more of a, just being being more funny and more mm-hmm. you know, just more lovable and just attracting everything. That's yes. Oh, I think he's hitting on you. <laughs> <laughs> See how this works? I'm telling you, I got it right now. I've got it. It's amazing. I just witnessed it. It is amazing. I know. This has never happened in my life before. This last six months, I'm like a magnet. I thought my wife was giving you the eye when you walked in. She was. I swear to God. People can't get enough of me right now. (laughs) Now, do you ever make the mistake of going out after the one-nighters to a party at somebody's house or something like that? Uh, I've made that mistake. I usually now stay at uh, the uh, venue, mm-hmm. uh, but that's also a mistake uh, <laughs> that I keep making over and over again. I met a lot of interesting people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've actually hooked people up. Oh. Yeah. I've uh, done a lot of, yeah, fun. But you've never had a one-nighter at a one-nighter? I've, no. No. With an audience member? Or no. No, or no. Wait, that's a boy thing. Girls can't do that. There's the rape factor. You can't just go off. No, no, no. Oh, because no. the guy might drug you? Who or? knows? In the middle of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard the stories from the gentlemen, but, you know, no. Oh, really? Girls about, can't about, do them, that. about them drugging audience members? About them drugging audience <laughs> members. <laughs> Speaking of drugged audience members, Al. <laughs> but, Speaking of drugging audience members, have you guys ever worked there? Comedy Beats, uh, Comedy Hermosa Beats. Comedy Magic Club. Yeah, yeah. That whole audience is drugged. <laughs> yeah. 
They're on something, right? Well, they're a beach crowd. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Right. Laid back. Yeah. Laid back. You come mellow, just slightly medicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. informed. Yeah, right. yeah, it's, two blo- it's two blocks from the sand, basically. Yeah. So it's just a bunch but of surfers. I want to say that I don't endorse what you just said. <laughs> you like to work that club, don't you, Al? <laughs> no, but I do find them high energy, but not necessarily that cerebral. Oh. A high energy stupidity. Did yes. I just say that? I yeah. withdraw it. Oh, I'm sorry. Comedy and Magic Club. <laughs> Al Lubell. No, I... I'm in trouble. I'll never work again. No, I, I do feel they're they're very high energy, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel that it's a beach crowd. They're happy. They don't necessarily want to hear some of my dark stuff. I've sensed. Mm. Okay. Now, were there a lot? Did you were there a lot of one nighters around New York? I mean, you know, there's pretty much there are well, clubs I, left most and of right. My right, was out here. My my stand up career. Oh, you said you went to New York uh, for college, but then I moved out here. Right you left that college. part off. So the answer is there were tons of one nighters out here. Out here. Oh, so this was what eighty five then mm-hmm. six. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where would you hit? Like Northern California? And... No, Southern California. Really? I mean, everywhere. You know, Riverside had this uh-huh. place, Carlos O'Brien's. Uh-huh. Um, there was a horrible bar, um, Bakersfield. Uh, then you know that room that's still around Ventura Harbor. Yeah, that's that thing's been around for twenty years now. Now, mm-hmm. now it's the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club. It used right. to be called yeah. Hornblowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Horn, it was Harry Hornblowers. Harry Hibbert, like that was a one night. It was Hornblowers forever. Right. Then, um, you know, our friend, my friend Bob Zaney, mm-hmm. sure, great comic. He Love booked Bob. a lot of one nighters in Southern California. You would just, you know, drive to and head back. To now, could you make a living at that time on one nighters? Kind of amazing. You could, if you were enough in demand, right? And you. You know, it's harder probably to make a living just as an MC. Mm-hmm. Maybe then you could have. But if you were even being the middle act, because all these shows had three acts. Sure. Um, then you could make a living. Oh, that's great. But then to really make more money, you had to leave L.A. Yeah. And go to wherever. Now, were the, what were the, what was the club scene there? So probably the store, the improv. Igby's? Was Igby's around? Igby's was a showcase club. Like, you're not going to make any oh, yeah, yeah. doing that. Yeah. But yeah, those were the big ones. And then the Laugh Factory, Factory. came about in, the, I think, the early 90s no the laugh factory no. was the it was in the 80s did it yeah late but 80s. it was a loud as lousy small little room mm-hmm. and then i think late 80s maybe it became a little yeah, bit when no they started one, shooting comic strip live right no one wants to tell the truth that jamie doesn't that it was a horrible club it was right. a shithole until fox television decided to start shooting comic strip live at his club oh right. really they paid right. to make it nice Oh, and they expanded it. They expanded tripled it, the size of it. They put a nice sign up. Right. Oh. They saved that club. Yeah, Podcast exclusive. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know Jamie that. Jamie will always um, act like he's so giving to comedians and that he put his heart and soul. And the fact is he was bailed out by a network. Right. Mm-hmm. That club probably would have failed. Right. But I, I do admire the guts that he was smart to have just opened even that horrible piece of crap. Because if he didn't have it, they would have never. True done it but so. i don't think he knew that was gonna happen no. he thought he was gonna make it as a club owner right that's the crazy thing right yeah but he's it shows luck can i just tell you why i'm venting off on jamie massada go ahead i got no love I for that guy richard jenny's memorial service that oh, was yeah. held at the laugh factory and there was a lot of nice food and drink and stuff for the guests of the memorial and jamie made a made a point of telling everyone there it was comedians mm-hmm. and people friends were Everybody just wants you to know food and drink and valet parking is on me. This is a very sad occasion, but we're here to celebrate Richard Jenny. I found out after the fact, HBO paid for the whole thing. Oh. <laughs> they had dime. They just yeah. used his space. So once again, J- Jamie's just the right guy at the right place. I don't Take endorse what you said. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about the, the Laugh Factory in Hollywood is, and I, and I did this the first time I, when I first came out, was they have, uh, it's like Thanksgiving and Christmas, they have what they call the uh, struggling artist dinner, mm-hmm. where you can go and you can eat for free and, and all that. And it just turns out there's a bunch of homeless people there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all struggling artists really are homeless. Yeah. Well, I feel that way sometimes. People <laughs> look at me and think I'm homeless. They always, you know, people sometimes think, they always say to me, you look homeless. And they say it with antagonism. And I think people should also feel bad for the homeless looking. You know, I'm, you know <laughs> everyone feels bad for the homeless. How about the homeless looking? Have some pity on them. You know, what are you attacking me for? <laughs> You know, yeah, but you get an extra buck here and there, don't you? Yeah, I, really, <laughs> you know. I, should, I should start asking for it. You know, help the homeless looking. You won't look homeless <laughs> when you're sporting your new Road Stories T-shirt, size uh, large or extra large. In, black in the and homeless white. community, Al's hair is celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> Were there a bunch of one-nighters around Fort Lauderdale? 
when you were starting? Uh, no, I wasn't making any money when I was doing comedy there. Uh, I just would go up to that one on a Sunday night. Uh-huh. and uh, But then I came out here and started getting a little one-nighter. Roughly around the same time, 86? I came out in 83. Oh, really? Yeah. How'd you guys meet? We did a we performed at the LA Cabaret, I believe, right. and then we also did that road gig in Seattle. In Seattle, no, well, Pasco, Washington. Is it Pasco? I forget. Marie, I know a lot of times you like to discuss road stories. Yeah, sometimes so on the show you can chime in anytime. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> I was the headliner and I was the feature act, and it was in Pasco, Washington, which mm-hmm. is known. I think they call it Pasco Kennewick. Oh, okay. But it's, there's a nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. How could you remember this so oh, well? I, because it's Such not about trivia. You. Yeah, but I mean, like, how could you remember a gig from 25 years ago? The name and what it's also known as. What is this shit? Because I take pride in my work. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be number one. Number two is it made an impact on me because you were working with me, and it stood out in your mind being with me, and that's the only fucking reason. (laughs) (laughs) And number three is that it was a hellish week. Oh, okay. Partially because I was working with them. But what else was hellish? Well, I'll tell you is that how old were you roughly? God, I was in my mid twenties. Yeah. How old was Al's hair? <laughs> Sorry, go on. So, because of the nuclear power plant, of course, that's a natural for a comedian to zoom in on. Like this yeah. whole community worked for the nuclear power plant, mm-hmm. and this is post Chernobyl. So I thought this is a gold mine. So I went on stage the first night and immediately started doing jokes about how working for a nuclear power plant, crickets. Right. And it was almost like it was a cult up there. Mm-hmm. The whole town made its living off the nuclear power plant. And I didn't realize at the time they took it really seriously and just wanted escapist humor that had nothing to do with reality. Mm-hmm. And they hated me. And I'm convinced that word spread through the whole town. This guy sucks. Because every night I came on, before I opened my mouth, I had mean stares. Oh. Before I had said a word. Right. And so that made the week hard. Because it's bombing. So you did, did you, do, you did bomb No, day? I dropped. I did bomb. I, mean, I just felt for me I was bombing. Because even without the nuclear stuff... Usually, I come on stage, within very quickly, I'm getting laughs. It was a struggle every night. Was I headlining? You were. Was, you were headlining. Yeah, and I, it's from my, I'm sure you did fine. But I also remember that the town itself was so depressing. Yeah. And Al and I ate at a Chinese restaurant that was awful. Then I read, kid you not, in the local paper... The restaurant would be investigated for Tomain. Oh. A very Chinese restaurant. Like they were shutting it down and I had just eaten there. Oh. So just everything about that week haunted That's, me. I got food poisoning once up what was it in Washington? No, it was in Oregon. And man, I almost had to pull the show. And I ate at a salad bar. You know your restaurant sucks is when you get food poisoning from salad. Like right, well, that. probably yeah. got it from the dressing. Yeah, maybe. I've been eating at like casino you know, you do a casino and they give you like buffet tickets and right. Oh my God. I just like, what is it about the buffet? First, it's so gluttonous. A. B. It's not good. People love it. I don't. Ugh. I can't eat one more buffet ever. The same people who like buffet food there, they like the restaurant, the soup plantation. Yes, exactly. Vats of food sitting out. Yeah, but yeah, soup plantation is better food than the buffet. I guess yeah. the cheap buffet. Caesar's Palace had a great. It's buffet. great, but yeah. we're talking. You know, yeah, more I got food yeah. poisoning at a food buf- at a buffet at a casino working in Atlantic City you know, from the tuna fish. Yeah, uh, it was out too late. It was like three in the morning. Like an idiot, I went there to eat. It's tuna sitting there at the buffet at yeah. three in the morning. Yeah, what a moron. Don't worry, we kept it under a heat lamp for you. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Would you That's like funny. a side of salmonella? <laughs> That's the second we discussed soup plantation on the last episode. Random, <laughs> random occurrence on that. Wow, so there's like a, a hook and a theme to the whole soup plantation series. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Alu Bell would like to say nothing against the soup plantation. <laughs> right, right. Any corporate people are there. I would love to work there or eat there. Just want to say that for Alu Bell. That's true. And also, I'd like to say I support support nuclear power. <laughs> 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 After working near the nuclear power plant, do you guys find any part of you glowing? As you, you more and more. Apparently, you know? not Hughes reviews. Would you rather eat at the buffet when you're working at a casino, or would you rather get the employee badge where you go and eat in the cafeteria downstairs? Mm-hmm. Have you had that call. yet, Bethany? Yeah, I've had that once. 
That wasn't good either. No, no. I've had no, it where the employee cafeteria was actually better than the buffet in, oh. in one casino. Really? I will not mention it because I want to disassociate from any risk. Sure. No. But, <laughs> but the, yeah, the actual, it was amazing. The employee thing was Riviera. <laughs> Riviera. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That was the Riviera, actually. I can't say that. No. You said oh. it, and I disavow. But yeah, you, you experienced it too then. Look at that. No, don't nod. Say yes on the air. <laughs> I do think it. I say yes. I remember the first time I got an employee card. I was all stoked. I'm like, oh, sweet. I can eat anytime I want. And so at like 1 o'clock in the morning, I went down there, and I'm like, there's lasagna and all that, and I ate. And, and I'm like, oh, I'll save it for I get up the next morning for breakfast, and I go down there. There's lasagna. And like it just yeah. stays until they finish it, and then they just bring in a new plate. I was all stoked for potatoes and Never got them. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to ask Al about, how much time we got? Oh, we're doing good. Um, on a your time limit on a podcast? Well, some of them. Well, not uh, necessarily a limit. Just like to keep it in the ballpark. Because I'm working you, well, tonight. Who's working tonight? I'm working tonight. You? I never work. Okay. Bethany? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're leaving for thing tomorrow, right? Or are you leaving yeah. tonight? Oh, I'm leaving tomorrow, but okay. then down the promenade tonight. Oh, okay. I'm at the promenade too. The promenade playhouse, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm there too. So Are you there tonight, really? Yeah, I hope to attract some lesbians. <laughs> Stick with me, kid. <laughs> no, because I want to have sex with a woman who doesn't really want to have sex with me. I'm only attracted to lesbians. People that have no interest in my gender. <laughs> it's the thrill of the hunt. <laughs> I want to, by the end of it, make them heterosexual. <laughs> I was looking but, on your website earlier yeah. today. Fabulous website, though. You should check really? it out. Yeah, Someone made it, it for me. I have looked at it. I didn't think it was that good. Eh. Just, I think it's just me on it that does it for you. That's what makes it so fabulous. Thank you. And your hair looks so young. Right. Because <laughs> it's younger than it is here. Oh, okay. By definition. Right. Because it was photographed earlier than this second. Oh, that makes oh. sense now. Thank you. All right. Um, <laughs> on your website, uh, under your reviews uh-huh. and things, or your blurbs, um, I'm totally ambushing you with this. I didn't even ask if I was going to ask this. It says... Uh, I you find have a, life to be an ambush of me. Okay, then well, you won't be surprised. <laughs> uh, you have a quote from Jerry Seinfeld saying, uh, Al Lubell has the funniest joke I have ever heard. And that's a misquote because what he actually said is Al, Al Lubell has one of the funniest jokes I ever heard. Okay. Are you misstating it or was that indeed a misquote? I have a I, feeling you honest, might be misstating I, involuntarily. Yes. No, no. Unintentionally. Not on purpose. Right. No, I could. I should have said I'm paraphrasing because yeah. I'm paraphrasing. That's I don't, right. don't want to fight again. Al. <laughs> <laughs> I have would, a good laugh. Don't would, I? It is a good Thank laugh. You. It goes it with my hair. You should, yeah. you should laugh more. <laughs> <laughs> at my hair? No. Was that a uh, implied insult? No, no. I think it was right there. Thank you. I like the way you <laughs> I think it was out in the open. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Would, would you... Do you know that joke that he's referring to? Yeah, of course. Would you... I thought of it and I wrote it and I delivered it. It's okay. mine, baby. Would you, you don't have to perform it, but would you tell us what the joke is or should we... Okay. Uh, yeah, I could tell you what the joke is. Okay. Is that an ice cream truck? Is that somebody's phone? Oh, it's an ice cream truck. Give me an ice cream. Oh, wow. That's the first time that ever happened. We just moved here not too long ago. Oh, okay. It does seem like a real folksy neighborhood. I like this. It oh, thanks. It feels like humanity, like a real humans. It doesn't look like it's in Los Angeles, does right. it? Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. very suburban. Yeah. Like Which is weird because I moved from like the heart of Hollywood where I lived next to gangbangers and I could hear gunshots. <laughs> and the day we moved in, like our neighbors baked us a cake and brought it over. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> this is is there, there a, a shiv in it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. <Don't> eat, it. <laughs> eat it to the cat first. Let's see if it's poisoned. <laughs> but the joke is, I just love to, uh, I'm very lazy. I love to eat and rest, eat and rest, eat and rest. And people say to me, what about sex? Don't you all? I, I say, all I love to do is eat and rest. Mm-hmm. People say to me, what about sex? But don't you also love sex? And I say, yeah, because when it's over, I'm hungry and tired. uh now isn't don't you tag something about dying with is that the same joke well every joke i tag to dying oh okay (laughs) (laughs) but really i tag something with uh i was i watched your one i think your 2008 letterman set today and you were talking about not being very active and that your tombstone would say... Oh, that was 2006, actually. Oh, 2006. But sorry. I know more I'm about paraphrasing me than you. you. And I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing you. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, it was, uh, I'm very, very lazy. I just lie in bed doing absolutely nothing. I was saying my tombstone is going to say, may he continue to rest in bed. <laughs> 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 my wife asked what I was laughing at when I was watching. Uh, how was that? Uh, uh, what now, incorporate, tell me how you incorporate your violin in your act 
You don't have to do your bits. Apparently, I want to do all his. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) how was that received in the early days? Tremendously. Really? Honestly, it got me in the loop of being an act who people wanted to book. Uh Uh-huh. Because I was different. Instead Mm -hmm. of just being a straight, observational joke teller. Mm -hmm. You were a gay one. (laughs) (laughs) You can say that. um, He was a lesbian. (laughs) He's grown a lot. Exactly. And I tried to be sort of to show off the fact that I play well. Uh So instead of I wasn't doing song parodies and I wasn't using the violin to play badly, I was playing well and doing bits about classical music Mm -hmm. or about people's perception of classical music. So that was an instant way people go, oh, yeah, that, that guy uses the violin. And I think as the boom was happening... If you had something that made you stand out, oh. even if you weren't headlining, yeah, it, it was an appealing thing. Did you and Wayne Fetterman ever think of doing the ukulele violin tour? No, but I, it's funny. I knew him from NYU. Yeah. He was oh, really? A few oh, years ahead of me, mm-hmm. but um, I knew of him. But no, I was very protective of, just wanted to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. But then I realized as my career progressed that if you have a prop like that, no matter how funny or good you are, it can be limiting because people will typecast you as... I don't know if that guy's funny if you took away his prop. Mm. Even though I wasn't Gallagher. I, I know. I would get very often. I I don't know how funny he'd be if you took away his sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. <laughs> you would say, when you say you, people would say that to you about your own act? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Minus your sense of humor. How mm-hmm. fucking good are you? Mm-hmm. They would attack me for having, just showing it off. You know, for having a sense of humor. I'm joking. <laughs> How do you think violins would play on your one-nighter circuit? I think, uh, well, I saw this guy. I don't remember his name, but he had um, a unicycle, and he juggled, and he ate fire, and he uh, did some acrobatics. Ron Pearson? And, um, God, I don't remember his name. You know and Ron he did magic, and they loved him. It, there was a lot going yeah. on, and uh, he, it was a crowd pleaser. I, I think to, at one point he pulled a rabbit out of a hat, said that a lot of things happening on a unicycle. It was crazy. Do you have to follow him? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. How'd that go? It went well. Yeah? Yeah. Because there were a lot of lesbians in the crowd? There were a lot. They were all <laughs> ex- exclusively lesbians, and they ate me up, literally. <laughs> I hated road gigs where the headliner had no substance to their act, was completely re- reliant on what you just described. Oh, yeah. So remember that comedian, Great Scott. A magician. A magician. Yeah. But it was just, he wasn't funny at but all. But he wasn't really a comedian. He didn't but, really... Well, that might be, him. but for these one-nighters like Fresno or... Right. Making, mm-hmm. He was the headliner at a comedy club. Right. So I resented the fact that for that moment, we're linked in the same profession. Mm-hmm. And the audience is perceiving us as, yeah, you do what that guy does. But we love him because he does magic tricks and you just have jokes. Yeah, and but you also had a violin. I, but I didn't always <laughs> use it. Uh. <laughs> But you did make your violin disappear at one point, right? <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> I've seen, I, I get, I've seen that because I see a lot, like I see, when I see magicians perform in a comedy club, it seems like they're all doing the same patter mm-hmm. between the tricks and if not the same tricks. And I found that with hypnotists too. So weirdly enough, I've was open, been opening for hypnotists a lot uh, a few years ago and they all had like the same patter and tricks, mm-hmm. which I guess you can say that about some road comics too. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of. Right. Do it doesn't same. seem like there are that many, or I don't know if I've ever met. I don't. I can't. I don't know enough about magic and hypnosis to know if anyone is really original in those fields. Hmm. Is anyone original? You know, that's a good point. I'm only basing it off the guy I knew longest. Well, maybe we <laughs> you could say Penn and Teller are original, right? Yeah, they were deconstructing sure. it, right? Yeah. Which most people didn't. Or was David Copperfield original? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know his act. I tell you what, man. He made the Statue of Liberty disappear when I was like nine. <laughs> I still, I know how he does it now, but it's still, I'm blown away Did when I think about it. Did they ever find it, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been to New York in a long time. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> David Copperfield is so good. Last time you were here, you, had, uh, you just started merchant on the road. Merchandising. Oh, yes, Merchand- I had. Yes. Can you learn the terminology? Mer- sorry, Merchant Ivory. How long have you been at six years now? Learn, learn <laughs> the Do you know lingo. what I was thinking? Merchant Ivory. I was thinking about Merchant Ivory films. Right. So female. <laughs> <laughs> and actor schoolish. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, I hate to, myself. What were, you, what, what were your t shirts? What t shirts did you make? What do they say on them? Yeah. They're a punchline to the joke. It's go fuck yourself, okie dokie. It's not that original. <laughs> it's, a, it's a punchline to a joke. What's, what's not original about that? 
I'm just, I'm just saying go fuck yourself and adding okie dokie at the end. But it is a punchline, but there's a joke. But it's Megan. original because of the joke. <laughs> yes, it is. It's original because of the joke. But people really enjoy this t-shirt because I think uh, they like to give it to their family members who they don't like or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's a nice way of saying go fuck yourself. So, like something like that, but it flies. It flies off the shelf. It does. People enjoy this shirt. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. People. How many do you sell per show, would you say? I mean, it really it varies between, you know, depends on. Like what would you guess you'll sell at Petaluma? On, if you had to get, take a guess. Hopefully, I would shoot for 20, maybe Incredible. 10. Wow. That's yeah. But I mean, that's not always. I, I just know that this particular venue gets packed. Right. So that's why I'm saying that. But What 20. do you charge per shirt? Uh, one for 20, uh, two for 30. Wow. You can <laughs> get those for the Road Stories t-shirts also at murrayvalerio.com in the shop. One and, for 20, two for 30. Exactly. <laughs> what is your cost on them? Oh, uh, <laughs> what you don't want to say? One for twenty, two for thirty. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's very giving of you. Yeah, you yeah, don't want yeah. to make a profit. Yeah, yeah. no, it's right. all for charity. Right. <laughs> now, was was uh, was merchandise? Was it was it around when you guys started? Like, did you sell little violins? I only know I did not. I should have been more entrepreneurial that way. Right. But the only comic who I remember doing it, Vic Dunlop. Right. Yeah, he sold uh, the late, he sold all those the late Vic Dunlop. Of course, he didn't create those. Yeah, yeah. He's been around for years, but mm-hmm. he did a bit where he used them in his act. Then he just bought them in bulk yeah. and sold them after the show. Oh, that was yeah, smart. I, I sing a song in my act, but back then I made a little 45 record of it. But I was, you know, I tried selling it after a show once, and uh, no one bought it except the weird thing. I made 200. One guy bought 80. Oh. <laughs> Very strange. Weird. Oh, you had a 45 of your song? Yeah. So uh, you started in vaudeville, right? <laughs> I love it, Al, that you just dated yeah, yourself. That's true. Murray's audience is going, you know, what the fuck's a 45? Wait, he had 45 singles? I don't understand. And I don't think in Bible they ever used violins either, did they? He used to open his act with a nice little soft shoe and then go right into the gym. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I gave. I didn't have the patience to. Say. It's just depressing to. Uh, I mean, stand there. I, I I don't like people walking by and not buying something. That feels yeah. like an extra rejection. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just can't stand. No, I, you know, I understand. I, t- I I probably told this on the on the podcast before. So listeners, I apologize. I worked with John Witherspoon, and he does an hour, and the last twenty minutes is him selling stuff. Yeah, it's that's and enough. people eat it up. I mean, he does. He makes it part of his show, and it's entertaining. And the first time I saw him, I'm like, oh, this is. This is embarrassing, man. I mean, come on, seriously. Or John Witherspoon, can you just... And sure enough, as soon as the lights went down, a line around the just to get on there, and it was amazing to see. Oh, I uh, struggled with that when I first... Because I was like... When I had t-shirts, like I kind of, I needed them to make more money, you know? So, but I was like, I go to gigs and I'm like, I'm not that, I'm not that comic who brings a t-shirt up on stage. I'm not doing it. And finally, all the other comics I'm working with, they're like, Bethany, you gotta, you gotta bring it up. You got, you're not going to sell it. Sure enough, you do that thing. And then, but it is, I, I, sometimes I like it. Um, because people talk to you, they tell you lots of stories about themselves after the show and they like to connect with you, even Mm -hmm. if they don't, you know, so I like that part of it, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it feels like, get your t-shirt, please, you know, (laughs) (laughs) newspaper boy or something. Actually, now I I sell blood pressure kits after my show. Well, (laughs) for your hair. Because on my show is fear of death, fear of stroke. Oh yeah. So I I sell, I sell blood pressure. (laughs) Where can we see your stuff, Al, as we wrap up here? Well, I honestly think. Thank you for steering it to one road story, Hugh. But <laughs> considering suicide, so I might not be anywhere. Wait till wait can, wait till after Monday when this goes up. Can okay, but can I pitch where my funeral will be? <laughs> sure, and people can come to that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and it will say, "May I continue to rest in peace?" No. Uh, two drink, where am I going to be? drink minimum at the funeral? That's a right. little. That's uncomfortable. That's too. <laughs> what what the apple juice? What do people drink at funerals? They don't I just get alcohol. tanked at funerals. I've no, I don't go to funerals. Yeah, you know? I'm actually afraid to make new friends because I'm afraid when I'm just going to die and then I have to wake up early and go to a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> they are a little early, aren't it's they? It's like a commitment. Yeah. yeah. A friend, I got to worry about a goddamn funeral. I, I don't want to make friends. But uh, where done, will I be? Done here. Don't worry about it here. You didn't. No, you weren't. <laughs> Nobody's going on the Christmas card list tonight. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I only, if I make try to make a friend, I'll just try to make a friend with like a one-year-old because the odds are they won't die before <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> so I I'm really have about six one-year-olds I'm huh? friends with. You should make friends with uh, <laughs> Bethany's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Murray, he's seven. <laughs> but I will be. I guess the, I just did my one person show you. I missed plugging it here. I, oh, this is the Wednesday time. Wednesday night. Okay. I already did it. Are you going to do it again? Uh, but if uh, I will be doing, I don't have a date for it. But okay. It's called Alubel is Alubel in Alubel. Mm-hmm. Uh, one man show about three Alubels. But uh, it's uh, I will. But I know my next actual gig at Garrett Morris's comedy club. You know that downtown, now? downtown, downtown comedy. The club. last week of July, I know, I know I'll be there. Okay, great. And. Uh, yeah, and I did the gigs in L.A. Right? Okay, alubel.com? Yes. Or I am alubel. Right, I will. no, it's alubel.com, but it's not listed. I'm too lazy to list the dates, but I will try to list them. Okay. But if people want to get frustrated, let them go there and see nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Hugh? I will be at the Melrose Hugh, improv. by the way, I'm sorry, also a really uh, uh, great writer. Also, well, I think you. he wrote for SNL, and then uh, we just wrote on a pilot together. We did. And uh, various other, other Mind of Mencia. Was no, that you? No, no, no that was Chris I, McGuire. But I I'm sorry. The Showbiz Show with David Spade. Oh, the Spade. Showbiz Show with David Spade. That's Central right. I'm sorry. Show. I got those. Yeah. That's but um, I'll be at the Hollywood Improv on Oh, look out. Look, he has his list of places where he'll be. June 27th. Okay, June 27th. And the Ice House on the 10 o'clock show on June 14th. Oh, great. Coming up. Awesome. That is, that's next week. Wait, am I there? What night? Is that a Thursday? Oh, okay. I'm there Friday. Okay. Bethany. I will be in Petaluma, California <laughs> at some bar tomorrow night. <laughs> then I'll be off to Medford, Oregon. <laughs> Uh, Friday, Saturday night yes. at a bar. Also at a bar. I've done uh, that one. Yeah, have you? Is that a Pat Wilson show? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've done that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, near we the may, Rogue we may, River. Did we may you go never see ride? Bethany again. <laughs> How, are those gigs really tough? Are there people talking while you're up there? Or? No, I, I don't have that. I, people say that about other, but I've been really lucky. Uh, no, I like I like the audience. In fact, sometimes I come back. To LA and feel like LA audiences are like jaded and snarky. Tired. Yeah, totally. like, what does snarky mean? Uh, well, I don't know. What does snarky mean? It's like, <laughs> like you. Kind it, of. <laughs> 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 what Boom. am I? Like? What am I? Uh, jaded. <laughs> 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 uh, mentions death a lot. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, I want to thank you guys for coming. Um, uh, I'll be at murrayvalerian.com. I'm going to be in LA probably for till September. I picked up a new job, so I'll be uh, writing on a show till like September. So I'll be in town. Local dates, uh, Ice House, Improv's, The Usual Suspects. Uh, Twitter at Murray V. Uh, give us a follow, and uh, I get to all my emails. So I'm pretty sure I get to all my emails. If I haven't got to your email, email me again, and I will get back to them. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming and doing the show today. I'm really excited. This is great. I'm uh, Bethany. I've known for a long time. Um, I'm glad to have you back. And Hugh, I've admired your writing for a very long time in the shows you do. And Al, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. So. Which guest did you like the most? <laughs> Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> Magnetism, I'm telling you. <laughs> For some reason, you want to go listen to the Indigo Girls? For some reason, <laughs> totally I just... Do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, keep the emails and comments coming. Oh, and like us on the Facebook page. If you push the Facebook page, uh, give us a little click on the Facebook page. And uh, thank you, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, like.